My guest today on Mission Impact is Dr. Gia Greer McGinnis. This is the last of a series of interviews I did in collaboration with my son-in-law, Peter Cruz, as part of our Culture Fit podcast project. Mission Impact is the podcast for progressive nonprofit leaders who want to build a better world without becoming a martyr to the cause. I'm Carol Hamilton, your podcast host and nonprofit strategic planning consultant. On this podcast, we explore how to make your organization more effective and innovative. We dig in to help to build organizational cultures where your work in the world is aligned with how you work together as staff, board members, and volunteers. And all of this for the purpose of creating greater mission impact. During our conversation, Gia, Peter, and I talk about the challenges young people of color face in seeing themselves in STEM fields given how historically and currently white male dominated the fields tend to be. How she found role models and mentors and has played that role for others. And how she sees the impacts of health disparities play out front and center in the work she does and how the news of of police brutality and other atrocities impact her students. It's taken me a little while to get all of these interviews for the Culture Fit Project out, so our conversation is from last year So some of the events we reference in terms of where we were in the pandemic and other current events, or not current now, reflect that. And uh, before we jump into the conversation, I wanted to just let you know about a new thing that I'm doing. I'm hosting the Nonprofit Leadership Roundtable every couple of months. And during the roundtable, you get to talk with your peers, share an opportunity or challenge you're having at work, and get some peer coaching on the topic. The roundtable is free and I host it on Zoom. The next one will be Thursday, April 22nd, I'm sorry, Thursday, April 28th, 2022, and you can register on the Eventbrite site. We will post a link from the Mission Impact website, and it would be great to see you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Culture Fit, the podcast where we do our best to answer your diversity, equity, and inclusion questions that will help you navigate the professional landscape, especially when you are not a culture fit. I'm Peter Cruz. And I'm Carol Hamilton. How are you doing, Carol? I am doing well, man. To run and grab a little bite for lunch, so that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's needed. I think the only thing I've been snacking on are these like good for health, like white cheddar puffs. They're like they're like healthy uh, healthy Cheetos Cheeto puffs. Um, uh, those are the only things like since the heart attack and the stroke that I could kind of like snack on. <laughs> mm, my favorite has been um, dried mango that we are now buying in bulk from Costco. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now that we got the snack plugs out of the way, uh, uh, this week we have Gia Greer McGinnis. Uh, How are you doing, Gia? I'm doing well. How about you all? We're doing great. (laughs) Great. Um, For our listeners, can you provide us some context on your professional background, who you are, where you're from? Yeah, (laughs) so I'm from Baltimore City originally. Um, Professionally, I've had kind of two overarching themes to my career. One is that of like public and community engagement. The other is always uh, with health science or in the environment. And sometimes those two things have played together and sometimes I've done them separately on the side. Uh, Right now, I'm the executive director of a program called Cure Scholars at the University of Maryland, Baltimore. It's the STEM and healthcare pipeline program for West Baltimore middle and high school youth. 
Um, also really into mental health advocacy right now. Uh, I'm on the board of NAMI Maryland. Um, and I know Carol from my days on the Baltimore Green Mat Board, <laughs> which is um, about giving access to young people in the community to green spaces around Baltimore. Uh, could you speak a little bit on the the fellowship, the program that you work with? Like, could you elaborate a little more on that? Yeah. Uh, so Cure Scholars was started back in 2015, and really the idea is we're trying to uh, generate the next generation of STEM and healthcare leaders for the society to work on health disparities. Uh, so we actually recruit youth at sixth grade level, and we stay with those youth all the way through high school. So it's a multi-year program. They're all recruited from the same three West Baltimore middle schools, uh, very close to um, University of Maryland Baltimore's campus, uh, which is intentional uh, to be good neighbors to the West Baltimore community. Uh, and we both provide them with STEM activities year round, but we also have a social work team that helps them with social emotional supports and with any barriers that the families might have, anything from food insecurity to unemployment, uh, so we consider ourselves kind of a wraparound program. That's great. Um, and, and this is more uh, for, I guess, exposure or would this like lead into like, I guess, internships in the future and things like that? Absolutely. So um, at the early grades, it's a lot of it's about exposure. So they do like STEM labs and three science areas. But as they get older, um, we partner with YouthWorks, which is Baltimore City summer jobs program. So we actually serve as an employment site uh, for their summers. So they do get paid to do their STEM work with us um, once they hit high school level. And uh, we also have a team uh, that works on college career readiness. So the goal is to actually walk them into competitive STEM majors on college campuses, or for those that maybe don't feel like college for, for them to explore careers uh, that may require maybe two year degrees or something more technical. Um, and, and for that, uh, being that, you know, STEM is, and I think we've all experienced this, like as, as women or people of color, um, but STEM is a very white male dominated space. What are, what do you feel like are some key areas that you yourself or the, 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 the program or the fellowship uh, try to address and, and like hold in on for, I guess, the code switching, the amount of code switching that might may need to be done or, or assimilation. So really what we're trying to do is A, get them to see themselves as scientists. Like you are a person of color, you can be a scientist. And it's amazing how many scholars will, you know, will expose them to say a dentist or expose them to say a psychiatrist. And they'll say, I didn't know black people could be psychiatrists. You know, like it's, to us, it's kind of like, of course, but to them, it's like, oh, okay, right, that, that's a career I could have too. And it, it really actually works as a, a spark, right? They see a role model that kind of looks like them, which is what we try and do in the program is expose them to career professionals. And they go, okay, like maybe I'll be a dentist or, or maybe I'll be a nurse um, because I see that. Uh, the other thing we started doing this year is um, we did a whole week last week on mental health awareness, trying to get them to learn about self-care, trying to get them to learn about, you know, kind of breaking the stigmas on like you can take care of yourself, 
you can understand that as a person of color, you're carrying a lot of stress. Um, so we had yoga sessions, we had a speaker come and talk about uh, black male wellness. Um, we then had a separate session for ladies. Um, so really trying to get them to understand like, you know, STEM fields will be stressful. And so how do you prepare yourself? You can't change others a lot of the time, but you know, how do you help yourself cope and how do you uh, navigate life in general against stresses that come at you? Yeah, because those are things that we all kind of, and we kind of like don't escape those things, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, exactly. So like, be, like, what have you learned from working in this in this field and doing like even facilitating or, or coordinating these types of things? What have you learned in far, as far as your own professional experience? And I, I mean, I could only assume um, having to assimilate or code switch on your, on your uh, like, because, and also we're kind of, discovering new things and new perspectives mm -hmm. as as we become more of a progressive society yeah um so what are some like new things that or tricks of the trade that you have even like ah like i had an aha moment like oh wow i've been doing this my whole life what i should i probably shouldn't have yeah so it's interesting so i um so I, like I said, I grew up in Baltimore City and I always just had a natural interest in the environment and nature um, before I had a label for those things. And eventually I, I go off to uh, college and it's a predominantly white institution. Uh, I'm in the environmental studies major. I am the only brand woman <laughs> in all of my classes. And I don't want to say it was like a bro culture. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, it was just, it was a small liberal arts college. So it was very, you know, everyone's very chill and- um, Everyone knows was, each other, so it's- <laughs> Yeah, right, 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 very small. Um, and it was a huge a culture shock, uh, right? Coming from Baltimore City, going to what was on the Eastern Shore of Maryland. <laughs> small, white, um, but it, it was kind of like, you know, and the, the black community on that campus did kind of the whole, well, why are the kids sitting together at the cafeteria? We kind of like sat together and stayed together, uh, you know, socially. And so very early you kind of learn like, all right, you need support systems, <laughs> you know, like, you know, every once in a while you see a person of color trying to be by themselves and it's like, eventually they drift to the group, you know? It's like, yes, right, you right. Like, you need, you need us, you, you, we need each other. Um, so we, you know, that was something very early. It's like, you know, find, find your people, um, you know, both intellectually, but also um, culturally if you need to. Um, and then as I move through life, I think, uh, the environmental fields become a little bit more diverse than it used to a little bit tiny um, bit. <laughs> a little bit tiny bit like now there are more campuses that have the major and things like that and you know people talk more about climate change and things like that um but yeah i mean i when i graduated from that university i was the only black graduate in that major um but what i noticed was right behind me was another black female like she declared like right, right in the class behind me. And, and so um, that was great to see, right? So if one person does it, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Okay, it's cool. If one person does it, like, okay, maybe I can do it now. Um, and so in subsequent years, there are a little bit more people going through that program. Um, do you feel like was, as you reflect on that time, being that you were the first and only like, is it a burden to be that type of a role model? Like, did you feel like you were a role model, even though you were 
in your mid, late early 20s right actually i didn't <laughs> right um and i think that's you don't really you're not thinking about it. you're thinking about your own experience you're not thinking about like younger classmates or um and i just kind of moved in spaces that i wanted to like i was very active on that campus i was in student government uh again like one of the few brand people and that you know i just i did whatever i wanted to i studied abroad you know da, da, da. i did all these things and some you know other students were like oh you know don't you just want to be black student unions like i want to do everything <laughs> like i want to do all the things um but no like never really saw myself as like trailblazing or anything like that and, and when you shifted uh from i guess university to then the professional landscape like did your college experience in kind of like defaulting and trying to find and establishing support systems, being that you go into the professional landscape, that may not necessarily be the case, especially if you look a certain way or, you know. Right. So what's interesting was, so um, when I went, so I graduated from undergrad and then I went to Washington DC for an AmeriCorps year. So I did I, what they now call, they call it a gap year now. We have that term back then. <laughs> so I'm just, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm gonna do AmeriCorps is what I called it. Um, and so I did, I was working for an environmental health, um, children's environmental health network. And there was a black female, um, she's now the ED, um, but a black female in that office. Um, again, a, a role model for me, I still, you know, call her every once in a while when I'm stuck. Um, but what, what happened was um, that program was really keyed into environmental justice. So I actually found my environmental justice community in DC. Um, there is a great community organizer named Damu Smith. Um, he was really active in like South African divestment, but had started this kind of black peace and justice group in DC. So I was doing my AmeriCorps work with the Children's Environmental Network, um, doing environmental justice work, but also doing this peace and justice work with this really incredible leader. So I kind of found my community of, of organizers and people that were really committed to inclusion um, and really loved it. That was a year where I was just like, soaking in all sorts of social justice just overwhelmed you know, with it <laughs> yeah and it was that time I don't remember it was like the 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 occupation um you know there are all these like this was kind of like early 2000s and like DC was exploding with all the anti-occupation stuff so I was like knee-deep in that and then over here I was knee-deep in environmental justice and health stuff working with kids and it was like overload of, of <laughs> you know social justice That's and a lot, yeah. it was a wonderful wonderful year um but then I was like I want to go back to school so then I I went back and uh went back to university culture <laughs> for a couple more years <laughs> and, and in that time did you feel like that uh the university culture had changed at all so this time I went off to totally different kind of campus uh University of Michigan big huge school but within that I was in the natural the natural resources school which again small again very small community of people of color in the environmental justice program they had there um and again like here's here's community again right this time mm -hmm. our our environmental justice group um that were doing like work in D detroit and dearborn um and our mentors um kind of you know teaching their classes and so um again like predominantly white uh culture 
but finding this group of people that really cared about environmental justice and and really you know sinking in and, and finding a home there so from your you know being a lot having a lot of experience of being one of few <laughs> um what are some things that you try to instill in uh the cure fellowship or scholar is it fellowship sorry um they're, they're called scholars okay um, the scholars but yeah. it's a it's an out of school time program. It's also considered a, what they call a pipeline program. So it's kind of walking the youth uh, progressively into a career field. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all about raising confidence, um, giving them platforms to lead, giving them platforms to present to others. So one of the activities they do at the end of the year is they have this thing called the STEM Expo where they get to present to their family and their community about a science topic they've picked and worked on in spring semester. So this is like their time to like, you know, stand up, you know, introduce themselves kind of like when you go to poster sessions at conferences and you could just see like the ones that maybe start out in the beginning of the year super shy. By the time they hit the expo, they're like, you know, saying their name, shaking hands, um, eye contact, you know, they kind of stand up a little taller, which, you know, again, like your need to develop that confidence to be able to navigate what's going to come next. So a lot of it's about kind of wrapping around them and saying, okay, you can do this. And, you know, you're just as smart as any other kid out here. Yeah, so I, I think yeah, and I was talking to someone this morning who described that, you know, the, the, those public speaking skills and all the things you're talking about is really, yep. it's really part of leadership skills. Absolutely. And also for, because so far we've been talking about like uh, from the leadership and if you have control over a certain environment, which more often than not, we do not. But if you do establishing an environment where these young people, because yes, they are building up these like hard skills mm -hmm. um, throughout this process, but the soft skills that they're also, and needs that they're being, that are being addressed are acknowledgement and recognition, um, yep. which are like the most vital things to, to not feel excluded. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I heard you just continue to come back to the notion of finding, finding community um, as a as a safe space and a place to, I don't know, yeah. hang out, be yourself, not yeah. worry, not not you know, be on um, as a place to rejuvenate that whole importance of, of wellness and how do you kind of build those skills and practices so that you can keep you know keep yeah. on keeping on. Um, so for for those young people. Um, uh, as that warm handoff kind of like they transition and progress through the, through, through the program um, is what is uh, alumni engagement? Because I think like, you know, being a part when you're a college student, being a part of a fraternity sorority yeah. or a club, like you kind of like go back to those people when you need to um, uh, does that type of thing exist or, or is in the process of being developed? So what's interesting with, uh, because the program's only five years old, so our oldest scholars are juniors, and we're, we're literally kind of building the program as we go. And so um, we'll have our first graduates next year, which is super exciting. Um, and we're already kind of thinking ahead, like, okay, they're going to be our first year students on college campuses. Uh, what can we be doing? Um, 
you know, how can we get some of them to thread back and maybe do near peer mentoring with the ones coming behind them? Because, you know, they'd be the best mentors the program has eventually as they get older. Um, and so we're definitely starting to think about that uh, as we look to our first graduates next year. That's an exciting time. I can't, like, I can't wait. Like, I'm sure they are as equally as excited about the prospect of the world opening back up so that they could celebrate yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, something very large scale like that. Absolutely. It's been a hard, you, you know, like the, the scholars, you know, online learning has been tough, um, you know, so I definitely think, yeah, next year, looking forward to seeing them in person. <laughs> um, uh, I, so we've been talking for a minute. Um, I only have like another one question. Um, Carol, do you happen to have any uh, additional questions or can I ask the classic Peter question? <laughs> um, I guess I was just thinking that that this year, even though I, obviously for the program and for everyone, it's been a been a tough year. And at the same time, it's put all of those issues that you've been working on front and center in terms of disparities in terms of uh, health equity or lack of equity, uh, even right now as we're yep. looking at the vaccine rollout, um, how that's not happening in an, in an equitable way in, in Maryland. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how you're using kind of what's going on right now to work with students and have conversations. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we both provided them a little bit of technical information about COVID as it's a we're a science program, of course, let's learn about virology. Um, but also, you know, they've, some of them have had COVID. Um, some of the families have had COVID. Um, you know, I had COVID, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, just also sometimes, you know, we'll get family calls that say, you know, we have COVID and, okay, well, here's here are resources that the university has, like here's a hotline, you know, here are things you can do. Um, and so we've definitely had it hit home for people, but also trying to use it as a teachable moment for science and STEM. Um, so, cause it is a great time for public health right now. Um, but yeah, um, we've also had, you know, things with the pandemic just affect families economically, just unemployment. Um, so our social work team um, helped develop an emergency fund. So we have this fund that parents can tap if they need like emergency electrical assistance or like help someone buy an oven the other <laughs> a couple months ago. Um, so whatever we can do. And, and of course, it was all a very quick pivot, right? So we're, you know, everything was a pivot, you know, like the, the pandemic hit and just all of a sudden we had all these new issues um, and also exacerbated issues uh, amongst our network. And, and so we really had to think about, okay, how do we continue to provide support virtually, safely, still getting people resources. Um, so yeah, it's it's been um, a really challenging year, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to the the herd immunity or the the vaccine distribution, <laughs> you know, pushing out more. Well, I'm, well, well we're first firstly glad that you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the last question that we have um, is having experienced what you've had in the entire entirety of 2020. Um, also, actually, let me ask this question first. Um, we, we addressed the pandemic, but uh, in regards to the social unrest, um, resurgence of Black Lives Matter, how yep. has that impacted uh, the young people that you serve and also you as a, as a, as a person? 
Yeah. Um, so first of all, I'll say um, this community was deeply impacted by Freddie Gray. Um, so 2015, it's, the, you know, the protest activity that kind of in Baltimore that went through West Baltimore, it's almost like Freddie Gray all over again for, for these communities. And um, our scholars, you know, they read the news. They're very up to speed on what's happening. Um, some of them express concerns for their own safety of, of traveling out in space as a person of color um, because they saw, you know, what was happening on the news and they're just like, you know, should I even be going outside now? Um, you know, we brought in a speaker for them so we could talk through after George Floyd, we did a social justice town hall around that just to get them to talk about that and unpack that. Um, but absolutely, um, you know, these young people are very aware about what's happening around them and their place in the world. And what does that kind of mean for them and trying to figure that out? Yeah, because it's like, it's one of those things where, of course, they can see the positive and like, you could, like oh, I, I could potentially replicate that. Um, but that's like through my own, I guess, effort and like stick-to-itiveness. But, yep. you know, things like Freddie Gray, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, like those things can just happen. Yep. Um, without my knowledge, um, but exactly. also myself yep. them as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, then that kind of transition, like because you're building, we are building these habits as a society, also your program, yourself. Um, what are some things that you are looking forward to in the near future or, you know, 2021 and beyond um, in regards to the program, societally, you know, how the yeah. mental health of these young people, et cetera, Definitely looking forward to the end of the pandemic, but also, um, you know, through all the, the struggles of the pandemic, we've actually kind of done some things that are a little innovative, like things that we never would have normally done had it not been for the pandemic. So certain types of programming that we've never done before, um, all the things we're doing online are pretty neat. Um, and so there's also this sense of, you know, do we go right back to the way we were or do we kind of hybridize and go, you know, actually that was pretty cool what we did <laughs> there, there and there. Um, so I also look forward to like thinking more about, okay, what does Curious look like with our curriculum post pandemic? Like, you know, we used to have like monster, like huge events, like with hundreds of people. <laughs> so, you know, are we still doing that? You know, <laughs> do we, do we figure out a different way to celebrate or maybe we can do that, you know? Um, so I think it's actually kind of exciting. Like, this whole year of like, do everything differently, I think has kind of opened the door to be like, okay, maybe moving forward, we do do some things differently. So it's actually a, a pretty exciting thought. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, we're kind of like at this intersection of like potential and like having like been through so much. So it's like, it's very exciting to actually like kind of be in the midst of history, if that makes sense, um, but yeah. Uh, you don't want to hold up more of your time, I think. Uh, so thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you all. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Um, and maybe we'll have you on um, after the graduation and see how that Yeah, is. absolutely. You should have one of our scholars on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for all the work. Thank you, you all. <laughs> we'll be back after this quick break. Mission Impact is sponsored by Grace Social Sector Consulting. Grace Social Sector Consulting helps nonprofits and associations become more strategic and innovative for greater mission impact. Download free resources on strategic planning, 
program portfolio review, design thinking, and more at gracesocialsector.com slash resources. We're back on Mission Impact. Again, thank you to Gia. Uh, that was a, a great conversation. Got a lot of uh, great insight on her work and her as a person and the journey that she's been on. Um, I think some of the things that really stood out to me is the importance, like you mentioned, like of community. Uh, where regardless, wherever you go, it's it's important to have that support system and, and and knowing that there are people who are going through the same journey as you, who have the same kind of concerns, <laughs> is always like comforting in a, in a very real way, um, which when you go into professional spaces that you are truly the minority, you know, and she's a, another person who is a one and only, um, uh, that it is very intimidating and scary. Um, kind of it would, for me at a younger age, I would probably avoid those spaces altogether. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, the importance of community and being recognized and acknowledged as a person, as a being, as, as someone who is different, because I think most spaces want it to be like, oh, we're all family here. It's like, nah, we're all different. And that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, you know, when, when we pulled together our, our tagline for this um, podcast and, and name, and I'm, when I was listening to that again and thinking, oh God, I hope people don't think that we're Kind of you know advocating that people have mm. to you know be a culture fit or have to assimilate or have to take on these um uh attributes it's more um a recognition that that's kind of the reality that a lot of people are navigating mm -hmm. and um yeah so just that that uh you know just acknowledging that reality and and how people have to to manage those to to, to survive and thrive and to, yeah it's to, it's to, 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 you know, move forward. It's really like a, a, a spotlight on the struggle that we all go through. Um, the mental gymnastics that we all have to play as, as someone who isn't part of the majority. Um, and I think as we go in more conversations, different people, and we'll have a couple episodes where it's just us and talking about our experience and juggling all that. Um, yeah, the importance to for STEM exposure and we're doing the importance for, I guess, all the the emotional and and mental baggage that we have, uh, like we're exposing everyone to that. Like these are all very real things, and what you're going through is also just as real. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of support of a of a group of folks going through it together uh, can yeah. make it just a little bit easier. For sure. All right. So, uh, Thank if you, you so much. For us, um, uh, please send those over to culturefitpod at gmail.com. Uh, and we will see you at, yeah, we'll see you when we see you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate the time you spend with me and my guests. You can find out how to contact Gia, her full bio, and the transcript of our conversation, as well as any links and resources mentioned during the show, in the show notes at missionimpactpodcast.com slash show notes. I want to thank Isabel Strauss-Riggs for her support in editing and production, as well as April Kuster of 100 Ninjas for her production support. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your favorite social media platform and tag us. We appreciate you helping us get the word out. Until next time, 